All right. Ready? Yes. Here we go. Or the Little Red Bandwagon is a podcast inspired by a podcast that's too beautiful to live. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Anne Lundholm. On Mondays, we present to you a recap of the previous week of TBTL, but this is a Friday clip show where we pick a theme, we listen to some clips on that theme, and then discuss them. And joining me today, as always, from Necco Wafer Studios in Linwood, Washington, it's the nice lady, Christy Wise. Hello, Christy. Hello, Anne. As always, we will start with some general discussion. We'll play and discuss the TBGL clips, clean some house, and tell everybody how they can get involved with the show. So we've covered a lot of subjects on the show <laughs> that are really specific to TBGL and the personalities involved. Maybe some stuff that's Definitely entertaining, but kind of involves situations that we probably can't put ourselves into. I mean, the idea of losing my passport <laughs> every year and <laughs> renting a car and driving across country to get home because I can't figure out how to get on a plane. That's something that I can't relate to because I can't imagine that happening to me or doing the things that would involve that happening. But... I think that tonight's theme is probably pretty relatable for most of us. I think job interviews in general just put you in kind of like a weird, awkward place, right? Yes. And you're you're anxious and you're trying to be yourself without actually being yourself. And it feels like your goals don't necessarily align with the interviewer's goals and it's uncomfortable. Uh, but there are some job interviews that have more than your standard garden variety weirdness. And tonight we're going to talk about a few of those from the TBTL universe. Uh, Luke has not lived a normal career. And he's got a few examples of some of the stranger gigs that he uh, went out for. Andrew's got a doozy of a story there. And we're going to talk about those. Uh, but I want to start because I know that you have some awkward job interviews that you can share with us, right? Oh, of course. Um, you don't have any? I I do have some kind of weird ones. Not ones that I'm like were super like weird, weird, but definitely some weird circumstances that I can share. But you mm -hmm. go first. Okay. Um, so I don't know if I've talked about this on here, but when I, um, worked for the super rich guy, mm -hmm. um, he was, how old was he at the time? 79. And you were essentially his personal assistant, right? Yes. You yes. just sort of ran his life. Yeah. So what I, I had, um, worked at Microsoft as a, um, a contractor for, for a year and how the contractor worked then, I think they've changed a little bit is that. After one year, you had to take 100 days off, and then you could try to get another contract there. So I was in my 
100 days and I was doing side jobs and one of them was for this rich lady and I just like went into her house and she had all these like magazine articles and had clipped out and she wanted me to put them in different folders by uh, and then like teach her how to email like all sorts of just weird kind of old people rich people Uh stuff um and then at the end of it she was like I want you to work for my friend Bob so I was like sounds good um so meanwhile I was also trying to get another gig at Microsoft anyways my job interview with him I dressed up very like I think I even went and bought something like a suit um, uh-huh. like a lady suit, um, because he was so fancy. And, um, and I went downtown and it's on the 43rd floor. Everything is like, his office was super weird and rich and huge <clears throat> and overlooked like the space needle and the water. And so I go in and the other assistant who was leaving because she was um, pregnant went in with us and he had, she had been there for nine years. So a long time. And, uh, his first, question was if I have any kids um (laughs) then he asked if I was married and then he asked how old I was like basically all the things you're not allowed to ask in a job interview Mm -hmm. and so I I answered and um and then I was like I and I said, no, I'm not married, but I'm divorced. And he's like, I've been divorced twice. There's still hope for you. And I was like, this is so weird. <laughs> um, and the assistant knew that, like, all of this is very illegal. And so she was, like, kind of laughing, like, oh, you're so funny. <laughs> like that to him. Sure. Um, oh, you kidder. <laughs> and they were just like, okay, tell us why you should work here. And so I just went on this rampage. Neither one of them knew anything about, like, computers or tech or like anything so I was like um I've heard that you have an extensive Christmas list and he's like oh yeah there's like three to four hundred people on there a lot of them you'd recognize their names um great and and I was like okay so this is how I can make it easier and I can make it cheaper and I was like talking about all this stuff and he's like I don't know what you're talking about do you know shorthand and I said uh no but I can write really fast and he's like I don't know and then the lady said, uh, they don't do that anymore. No one knows how to do that. And uh, so that was weird. And then he said, okay, I'll give you the job if you can tell me who's in this picture. And it was a color picture. And it was him. Um, and it was probably the 70s. Um, and then there was a man with him. And he said, if you can tell me who this is, then you know I'll give you the job right away. And I, I was like, he looks really familiar, but I have no idea. And it was John Wayne, but oh. the, the, because he was friends with them, of course. Sure, sure, so sure. he's like wanting to say, you know, name drop, but also I didn't recognize him because he was completely bald, which is oh. his real state of affairs. But whenever you'd see him out, he'd have a toupee or like wig or something. And so that's what it was shocking. And I wouldn't be able to recognize him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that was and then I got the job and I worked there for eight years until he died huh. I'm very glad that it was a picture of him with John Wayne because I was terribly afraid that you were going to say John Wayne Gacy oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no I don't think he had friends that were murders I mean unless you count like the bushes 
Um, right, right. Sort of <laughs> murderers more on a grand right. scale right. than anything. Um, and then um, just uh, should do you want to do one or do you want me to do my last one? Oh, do your last one. Okay. So my most recent job that I still work at, uh, gosh, four or five years ago, um, had an interview and I interviewed with every one of the executives and uh, one guy is the, was the head of the devs and I had I hadn't really worked with developers that way and he was wearing swim shorts and he was also wearing um, what are those shoes that are strappy that you can wear in the water Tevas Tevas he was wearing Tevas no socks <laughs> Um, I don't know which is more offensive, socks or no socks in this situation. <laughs> Ooh, it's a toss up. Yeah. And then I had like played with the app a little bit, but I didn't go in detail with it. And his, his, uh, he's like, I don't know how to interview people that aren't devs. Um, so I guess I'll ask you, what would you Im- do to improve our app? And I was like, oh my. So I just started throwing things out while. I didn't know what it actually did. <laughs> so I was definitely saying things that were already there. But um, then the uh, man who became my boss said, what is your favorite app? And so I show, I think it was Overdrive, whatever, I, Overcast, uh, whatever I use for podcasts. And he's like, why do you like that? And so I was like, oh, I listen to podcasts and this. And he um, somehow it came out that I have a podcast. Oh, what are your favorite podcasts? What do you listen to? Like this. And I told him that I had a podcast and then had to explain, um, how, what it is. And it's so weird, right? Because this is a weird type of show. And then I somehow mentioned Mike, um, for he thinks that's the reason I got the job. But so I was like, Oh yeah, my friend, the bank robber. And like, so most of my interview is talking about podcasts and Mike. I mean, I'm sure Mike would say that that's appropriate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But hey, you got the job. Yeah, I did. And I love it. So there you go. And I'm known as the podcast person. So anytime people want, um, well, we've had, uh, definitely had like book club like things where we'll watch, what was that? S-Town. We all listen Mm -hmm. to S-Town. Well, all of us, there's like five, all of us listen to S-Town and then we'd meet and talk about different aspects. And then we had one for cereal. And I actually said recently that a question in the interview process should be, did Adnan do it or not? (laughs) And if they they say that he did we don't hire them (laughs) Mm, okay so um yeah seems reasonable yeah (laughs) i mean as reasonable as anything sure absolutely interviews are ridiculous if you think about it right that's gonna give you a good look into their character as much as anything yeah exactly Hmm. um okay so here's my weird one Hopefully it's not too convoluted, but it was for this current job at the University of Minnesota. And I put the application in and I got like a, I guess like a pre-screening call from one of the engineers in the Mm -hmm. department and not even really an interview, just a chat to see if I would be worth bringing in to interview. (laughs) Of course. This very nice guy called Matt and he and I talked for like 20 minutes and he's like, this is great. You seem like you'd be a good person to interview. So we're going to have our admin call and set something up. And she did. So I had this interview scheduled for like a first thing Monday morning. And the Friday evening before that, I had dinner with my parents and I was telling them about this interview that I had. And my dad goes, 
Wow, doesn't Paul Lindquist's kid work down at the University of Minnesota, kind of in that area? And I said, Matt Lindquist? And it was the guy who had called me on the phone was the son of my dad's co-worker. Oh, my gosh. Paul Lindquist, who's very good friends with my parents. We had um, been in Switzerland at the same time because they worked for the same company. Uh, Matt and I went to the same school, international school, in the same grade. We were in the two different classes, but we were in the same school, same grade. And I remember being about 10 years old and going to their house for dinner and playing with Matt in his room. Oh my gosh. The guy who had called me to do the pre-screening was this, was this person. Um, and I was like, wow, that's crazy. So then it happened that the next night, the Saturday, my parents went to a retirement party for someone. And guess who was there? Oh, Paul, no. Matt's dad. And they mentioned this to him. Oh, by the way, Anne's going for an interview. Blah, blah, blah. The next day, the Sunday, Paul happened to have brunch with Matt. And he mentioned it to him. You're going to be interviewing this woman that you went to elementary school with in Switzerland. <laughs> so I went to the interview on Monday morning and I was getting introduced around to the panel and we got to him and we said hi. And he's like, and apparently we went to elementary school together. And I said, mm -hmm. apparently we did. They had gone and like pulled out the old yearbooks even oh, no. and found pictures of me so they could see who I was. And this is all the parents that are doing these weird things. Yes. The parents, I told my parents, my parents told his parents, his parents told him. <laughs> and then I went in on Monday morning for the interview. <laughs> oh my gosh. Does he still work there? He does not. He no longer, actually, I just got an email from him a couple of weeks ago because a job cropped up at his company that he what? thought would be good for me. So are you going to, <laughs> I don't think always so. be closing. And just go know, out I know, there. I know, I know, I know, I know. I should. I should. Well, see, that brings me to my second weird interview story, which wasn't even really a weird interview, but it was back in the day when I was working in retail and I was getting to the point where I was pretty desperate to get out of it. And you can get trapped pretty easily mm -hmm. in retail. And I was like, how do I move out of this? Because I, I mean, I had a master's degree in statistics. It was never my plan to be in retail my whole life but you know when that's what's on your resume who's going to you know take a chance on you for something else so my grandmother had some neighbors called the Marlises. they were this this lovely older lesbian couple both of whom were named Marlis, which is what? why we call Wait. them the Marlises. no 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 <laughs> yep okay we what N Marlis is not a name and for them, there to be two in the world and both lesbian? This is amazing. And together. I'm yes. glad that they found each other. Yep, the Marlises. Well, one of the Marlises worked at like a long-term care insurance company. So, you know, um, you would have insurance if you had to go into assisted living or had some other situation where you had to be in long-term care. And I was talking to her once and talking about jobs and she's like, we have this job opening at my company. You should really come and interview for it. And I was not interested in going into long-term care insurance. It wasn't mm -hmm. a broker's job. It was more like an analyst who would be working with brokers. I don't know. It just didn't sound interesting to me, but I was like, you know what? 
you have to take the opportunities that come your way. As you say, always be closing. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get anywhere if you don't even take the opportunities that fall into your lap. So I applied and I went to the first interview and it was fantastic. And I went to the second interview and it was fantastic. I mean, I was so charming and so funny and we got along so well that when I left, I remember walking through the parking lot and thinking, oh, shit, they might offer me this job. (laughs) What am I going to do? Oh, no. (laughs) Because it paid more than what I was making and it was not retail and the hours were better and it wasn't so punishing on my body. And I was like, but I don't want to work in long-term care insurance. (laughs) Luckily, they did not offer me the job. In the end, they decided they wanted somebody that had industry experience so I didn't so you get it. shouldn't have wore your snow boots exactly i shouldn't have worn my snow boots <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> that's a opposite of a recall what is that pre-call yes <laughs> joke yes but i just remember having that thought out in the parking lot like oh shit they might offer me this job <sighs> thank god they didn't because in the end I ended up in a much better place. I tried to get into teaching for a while. Um, I really love teaching. I thought that being a teaching assistant was the best part of getting my master's degree by a long shot. Um, But I don't have my PhD, so I can't teach college level. And I'm just not interested in teaching K through 12. I mean, teachers, I salute you Mm -hmm. for being able to deal with that so I interviewed at several community colleges but they were always like yeah we're just gonna go with somebody who has a little more experience and I was like well how the fuck am I supposed to get experience if you won't give me a job that classic catch-22 of finding a job but I really haven't had a lot of different jobs because I'm not much of a job jumper you're not a job jumper either it seems no my boss had to die for me to leave (laughs) i know if you worked for a weird rich guy for eight years (laughs) you're not a job jumper i i think that i'm not i don't know i just had a conversation with my boss today because working at a a public university is not a lucrative career Mm -hmm. i mean anybody in my department could make more money going out into working in the industry in consulting but you know, there are like intangible benefits. You know, we have really good work-life balance and we have good benefits and it's pretty flexible and it's a nice place to work. And so if the only thing that I wanted was money, I would be moving around quite a lot, but that's not really a motivator mm. for me. I like money. would like to have more money, but I can't make that's my decisions you should just based on that. Feel out this job. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just feel it out. I thought you were going to find me a job in Seattle. I I was. I mean, I will. But I think that they call what you do something different here. Mm-hmm. Remember, I think it they call it data scientist. Yeah, they call or it da- data scientist. Ar- ar- architect? No. No, yeah. it's data scientist. It's that's just um, that's just how business people call it. Okay, well then I can find you a million jobs. Well, okay. <laughs> The other topic that I wanted to discuss before we get into the clips, I don't even remember. I put this show sheet together a while ago, and I'm not sure what I was thinking when I wrote this down, Mm -hmm. but I said, how do Luke and Andrew convince people to hire them? 
Hmm. I think Luke, it's entirely based on charm and charisma. For sure. Right? Yeah. And we've always said it's not that he's not a hard worker. He is. Definitely these days with Livewire and CBS Sunday Morning, he is always traveling and always working. But I think more than anything, it's hustle. Yeah, networking too, right? Yeah, the kind of work that he does. And I I think we're getting a a better window now that he's not drinking anymore. Mm -hmm. I think he's spending a lot of time drinking in the old days. And he probably survived entirely on his charm Mm -hmm. rather than his his work ethic. I mean, imagine where he would be if he didn't have that for years. True. He was like drunk or hungover. 24 hours a day right like Mm -hmm. that was the cycle that he was in imagine what he would be doing Mm -hmm. i don't like to think about it It makes me sad (laughs) (laughs) maybe he would have made it work at the bryant park project and he would be hosting all things considered maybe by now yeah isn't that what he says yeah he (laughs) thinks about that a lot yeah now as far as andrew goes i don't know i think he's a really hard worker yeah I think we know that from his L.A. stint Mm -hmm. where he seemed massively unhappy. And I bet he puts together a really good reel and has a really good portfolio. Mm -hmm. I haven't talked to him enough to get a good sense of what he'd be like Mm -hmm. in an interview situation. But he has a really nice sort of friendly face and he's a good listener. And I think he would probably give a good interview. He would make you understand that he's committed to his job and that he would work hard and that he would more or less do the things that you want him to do. Yeah. And um, also he has a lot of good references. True. He did tell me once because he wanted to know what the archive project was about. And he said, that is my dream job (laughs) 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 to just listen to tape and archive it or watch TV, like anything where he can archive things and write down descriptions and file it would be his dream job. <laughs> I told right, him well. I could give him a couple weeks. If <laughs> <laughs> he declined. Hmm. Well, I think we, what we learned from the KCRW thing is that the sort of daily stress of a really high profile show mm-hmm. was not something that worked for him very well. I mean, he essentially did that at, at New Hampshire Public Radio, right? Mm-hmm. That was a daily show that he was working on. But I think that was, that wasn't, you know, in Los Angeles with a sort of yep. a nationally known public radio person like Madeline Brand. I yep. think, I think the pressure on that was something that he really didn't enjoy. He didn't thrive on that at all. Well, and also he's starting to talk about it a little bit more, but it sounds like she maybe was under a lot of pressure and a little bit heinous as a boss (laughs) (laughs) right i you know they say driven people can be hard to work for exactly and i'm sure that because she's a woman she has to do you know twice as good Mm -hmm. twice as fast um to even get lower than you know so um i'm sure that that's probably it but it just wasn't for him and right Anytime you have a high stress job and then also sit in traffic for two to three hours a day, it's not, yeah, that was it's not real great. bad because you no. don't have, especially him because he's such an introvert. He needs that wind down time and he doesn't get it. Right. Mm-hmm. 
his Andy time. Yep. Playing <laughs> what Madden is it? and drinking some Stone Bud Light. Cross Heart Heart Throb Heart Stone Heart Stone <laughs> and smoking on his vape. Yep. I guess then it was actual cigarettes. You can tell that we're we're big gamers, <laughs> the two of us. <laughs> Well, let's get into some clips. I would like to thank a couple of archivists, as always. I want to thank our friend Ingrid Keller and Corey Plucker, two people who are big parts of this program. Thank you very much to both of you for your hard work in finding these clips. Uh, The first one is from very early in the radio show days, just a month into the show. It's from February 12, 2008. I think... The context for this clip, if I remember, was they were talking about when Will Ferrell was doing those really weird Old Spice commercials. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. There was like, there were Old Spice and basketball and something. They were bizarre. Just mm-hmm. like all that Will Ferrell stuff right. was <laughs> a decade ago. And uh, that made Luke think about some gigs that he went for and one in particular that he auditioned for. And it did not go really very well so let's listen to that i was trying out for because uh, i do a little voiceover i don't want to brag i do i do some of these commercials they're local and they're for carpet warehouses <laughs> so they're not as high profile or awesome as will ferrell but i have been to a few auditions one time i was trying out for this thing called pizza night Roundtable Pizza had this new campaign, and it was going to be called – in fact, it's, I think, probably currently going on, and it's called Pizza Night. But it's the joke is that it's all from the perspective of this knight in shining armor who's Pizza Night. So it's Pizza Night, K-N-I-G-H-T. Uh-huh. I'm Pizza Night, whatever. So they put me in a studio in New York, and there's this – it's this cross-country conference with L.A., and there's this huge – it's a huge ad agency in L.A. with all this, you know – there's all all this on the line for this campaign they're trying to cast me and they just keep going just have fun with it just and and the reason they brought me in the client the people from roundtable they didn't want to hire me they had somebody they wanted to be pizza night but this agency they are friends of mine and they wanted me to be pizza night's voice so they said luke we're just going to get you in there and then you just get the scripts but then go crazy with it (laughs) just have fun and I'm sitting there thinking, and this is probably if I book this gig, I don't know, it's like forty or fifty thousand dollars, you know, over the yeah. life of this deal because it's TV and radio. It's kind of a big it's thing, a big deal for me anyway. I don't know what you make. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you know that sweat is actually? So I get in the studio and I'm so nervous. I could have used some Old Spice, and they, I'm reading the script and then they're like, "Just have fun with it." Okay, now just throw the script out, Luke. Just ha- go crazy with Pizza Night, and it was. The biggest failure, and I've had some failures, of my career of trying to do that kind of stuff. I had nothing. I just, I, and the more I tried to have something, oh. the less. And I was like, just give me a minute. I'm just, uh, let me just, I'm trying to get some notes here. I'm, pizza is the. Hold on, let me get this. Let me just get, just kind of write this down for a second. And everyone's waiting, and I can see there's like, it's like a a video conference call. I can see like ten people sitting in a studio in L.A. Oh. There's like eight people in the New York studio. By some random thing, Vanessa's there in New York. She was just visiting, <laughs> so it's like you know, she. I'm like, this is not normally how Daddy works. <laughs> I'm sitting there with 10 people and 40 or $50,000 on the line just waiting, and they're going, just have fun with it. And I'm like, okay, fun. I'm, 
Pizza afternoon? (laughs) 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 They never called me back. Really? Surprisingly, they never called me back. Christy, when I listened to this the first time, I think I was distracted at the beginning and Mm -hmm. I didn't hear the name of the pizza restaurant. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, is it? What's the rest? Is it called Pizza Night? (laughs) And I Googled Pizza Night. There Mm -hmm. is a restaurant in Canada, in British Columbia, called Pizza Night. Is it K-N-I-T? It's K-N-I-G-H-T. Okay. Um, I was like, who is this it? And then I looked at the About Us, and they said that they were established in 2016. And I Mm -hmm. said, oh, no, this isn't it. But if I go to British Columbia, I'm going to have to go to pizza night restaurant mm-hmm. if any if any of our canadian uh listeners uh, have been to pizza night please <laughs> let us know what it's like or if you decide to drive down for the picnic please bring some pizza night to us yes please <laughs> can't go wrong even old pizza is good pizza yes exactly um but it was not a pizza night restaurant Mm-mm. it was a round table pizza we don't have that here oh don't you don't think not that i've seen but it's a chain, right? It's a pretty big chain. I looked on their website yeah. and said they're based in Atlanta, but oh. they're a chain on the West Coast. So I don't know what that means. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I worked there for a summer. You did? Mm-hmm. I've had lots of jobs. I just don't jump around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I worked I worked there. Um, interesting. They do name some pizzas after things that would be round table. So King Arthur, Supreme, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Montague's All Meat Marvel. And Who's Montague? I don't know. <laughs> That's from Romeo and Juliet. I don't think people know. <laughs> All right. Um, and then uh, Guinevere's Garden Delight. Oh, of course. They named the veggie pizza after the woman. Of course. But it is good. I get, That's the one I used to get. <laughs> <laughs> um. So are you, are you familiar with the pizza knight himself? Um. No. Oh, yes, I am. And what's really funny is I did not put any of that together until I was listening to the clip today. <laughs> what do they say? Um, I was this many days old when <laughs> when I put it yes, all together. Yes. I worked there. I saw the pizza night. I I knew the story of the round table. I saw the names of the pizzas. I made them. I went to this as it was like near near the high school so people would go there all the time and i didn't put it all together until today (laughs) that's embarrassing please cut that out (laughs) (laughs) no chance (laughs) so yes but it's it looks like it's not the um logo anymore they have they've updated which is probably good um but now it says round table pizza royalty oh I actually did not make the King Arthur connection until you said it. <laughs> Good. I'm glad it's but I you didn't work there for three months. <laughs> That's the embarrassing part. Um, so this sounds like a, a terrible job interview, right? Oh my gosh. It is you shouldn't put someone through that. No. Especially they already had somebody that they wanted. Yeah. First of all, him knowing that mm-hmm. is is nerve-wracking and then it's it's just like it's standing there having him say oh be funny <laughs> you're a comic be funny uh-huh like dance monkey and like, <laughs> like what what you can't they didn't even have an improv or like i don't know yeah, yeah. they didn't have it like a scenario Script for him or anything they were just like 
just throw the script out and go crazy. Which means they just did it for, I, I think, wasn't it like a friend of a friend got him the, the um, he knew the, the ad agency, like he had friends in the ad agency, mm-hmm. they were throwing him a bone or something. Yeah. So they didn't want to, they didn't care. No, probably not, but. What a waste I of time. I liked how he was, he was trying to demonstrate his terrible improvs and he was like, pizza afternoon and sean laughed really hard <laughs> oh my gosh trust shonda tori yeah <laughs> that, it was nice to get a little bit of his his laugh in there we haven't had um clips of him in a while no we haven't nice. um i do love that he called himself daddy gross christy <laughs> he said that's not how daddy does it <laughs> to himself that's no especially because he hates it now like it makes him cringe so i love it we need lynn to uh, make a drop of it and send it to him (laughs) they probably wouldn't answer they wouldn't open emails from us that has attachments yeah probably not (laughs) not especially not after a three-hour tech training oh true (laughs) well can we put it on a flash drive and like drop it in the driveway (laughs) of course no problem well, I like that, that Luke said it was the biggest failure, and I've had some failures. <laughs> I wonder if you would still count that as his biggest failure. I don't know. This was after the Oregon Bankers speech, oh. right? The unreasonable yep. and unreasonable times. I really wish we could find a video of that or at least a transcript. <laughs> uh-huh. This was also after he did the stand-up at the pimp convention. That was probably yeah, pretty bad. Pretty, that was pretty bad. <laughs> I forgot about that. I mean, really, so this isn't big at all. Hmm. I mean, he didn't. It, it's not like they were in the recording studio and he was doing this. Mm-hmm. This was just the interview. I've had I had a really embarrassing performance thing happen once. It was not a job interview, thank God. But um, it was for a, a singing thing. I was in a choir. It was in several choirs in college. But there was a guy in my choir who came up to me one day and was like, hey, I am doing this little, I don't know what it was, like a project or just a fun thing where I have a few people and we're just, we want to sing some old classical music, like Baroque stuff from your 16th century or something. And I i was looking for an alto and I asked the director and he said, you should talk to Anne. She's a good alto. And I was like super flattered, right? Mm-hmm. That the director recommended me. And I said, okay. And so I went to this thing and it turned out that there were four of us, one for each voice part. And the person who was singing the tenor was the chair of the music department. <gasps> and no it was pressure. all... It was all sight reading, and I'm a terrible sight reader. I learn music fast, but I can't just look at a page and sing it off the top of my head, and that's all what it was. And I embarrassed myself so badly. I felt I was so humiliated because it's just not a skill that I have. And the other three were, you know, doing their thing, and I was like, oh, God, this is bad. And I never heard about doing it again, so... I mean, at least they could have warned you that it was going to be sight reading, right? And then, and then I would have said, "Oh, thank you, but no, thank (laughs) you. (laughs) I'm not going to waste anyone's time." (laughs) 
this is not going to work out for mm-hmm. any of us. But that that feeling of wanting to sink through the floor in embarrassment with everybody watching you. Poor Luke. Could you have just sang what you wanted to? Oh, no. Oh, that would have been great. Like, okay, I'm totally failing at this, but I'm going to sing the song I'm best at singing. and just broke I'm going to sing, don't worry, be happy. Yep. You guys fit in somewhere. Exactly. Let's see how your Bobby McFerrin is. <laughs> All right, should we move on to to the what i oh i don't know all these clips are great um this comes from march 26th of 2016 andrew tanks a job interview uh zachary stordahl of boise idaho i've been to boise god boise is boise a beautiful is beautiful town. man been to boise yeah i uh, interviewed for a job there right out of college really yes uh don't want to derail you too much. Didn't get the job, but also man. the moment I landed, yes, I got the part. Um, turns out, avuncular hot dog man's job is to sell hot dogs, not eat hot dogs. So oh, I did not right. get the Common part. Misconception. Um, no, I landed in Boise um, for this job interview, and I wasn't sure whether or not it was the best thing for me. But I was going to interview for it. But then the moment I landed, I uh, the news director or something picked me up from the airport, dropped me off in the in my hotel. He was going to pick me up again about an hour later for dinner. Um, but then I pulled out my dad's cell phone, which I was borrowing for the trip, pulled it out, <laughs> saw that I had a message from New Hampshire Public Radio, and they said, we're calling to offer you the job. So I called them back. I called Mary, my future boss, back, and I said, so you want to offer me that job? She's like, yeah, and she gave me a number, and I said, okay, sounds good, but I'm in Boise right now. i got to go to an interview. And so I just spent the rest of the weekend. They're like, they wanted me to spend time like looking for houses and stuff, but instead I just Whoa, took like, the this is a car. public radio producer job? Yeah, or they wanted me to look for apartments or whatever, but... But instead, I just took the, the news car that actually had like the whatever the news station was yeah, in place. The unit. And I was like, I'm just going to keep driving up because I'd never been in a place with mountains before. Right. So it's I surrounded kept, by those beautiful, <laughs> so beautiful, shimmery kind of hills. Yeah, white capped. And so I just kind of kept driving up and up and up until I got as high on a mountain as I could where a bunch of people were skiing. And I was like, all right, I've been on a mountain. And then I drove back down. And you must have I, felt terrible, though, telling them. Did you tell them at the beginning of the weekend or at the end that you had accepted a different I job? I did not tell them anything tell them? because listen to this BS. By the way, we still have Ooh. one more person to thank. Um, uh, listen to this. They told – this is how cheap they were. They told me um, when I was – when they were decided to fly me out for the second interview, they said – this would be, you know, first interview I was on the phone, second interview in person. But they said, listen, here's how it's going to go. We will – you're going to book your ticket. We will pay you back for your ticket. But – if you if we end up offering you the job but you turn it down, you're paying for that ticket. We're not. What? And I was like, what exactly? And I did not like that at all. And um, so when New Hampshire called, there was no conflict. The, the New Hampshire job I wanted really, really badly. So um, there was never any conflict. But I went through the rest of the weekend, and I really, really hoped that I would not get the job, and I did not really give it my all. And uh, I didn't get that job, and so I didn't have to buy the so ticket. So they didn't offer you. Boy, that's a weird position. So you're trying to basically submarine the interview so that they will not offer you the job because you will have to turn it down, and then they will 
not honor the refund of your ticket. Yeah, and I didn't try to like tank the interview, but I'll tell you one thing. Like I had some nice, you know, dress shoes that you should wear to an interview, but they were too small for me and I hated wearing them. And so then when as soon as I got the job, I'm like, screw this. I'm just gonna wear my winter boots the whole time because they're wearing more <laughs> comfortable and it was snowy there. So like I just I it was small things like that. Then I did like my one moment to meet the like actual I believe he was been the um like the big boss, not not the program director, but um, you know whoever the program director's boss is. I don't know why words aren't coming to me right now. I've worked in this field for twenty years. General manager, general maybe. manager. I sat down with the general manager, and I really didn't like him. And like he kept on. God, I don't remember this guy's name. I pray to God that was it. Kai Rizdal. It was Kai something Rizdal. Doll, Rizdal, Riz oh, okay. yeah, Kai Rizdal. That's it. Um, I mean, he was fine, but I just felt like he was sitting me down and telling me how important local broadcasting is and local radio is. But in that same conversation, he keeps on telling me how, like, oh yeah, we've basically replaced everybody with this big wall of blinky lights here, and we're taking feeds from NPR and PR and all this stuff. And I'm just kind of like. But what about all this local stuff you're talking about? And then he's like, yeah, and he, he like he didn't hear the disconnect. In the you know in the same sentence he's saying both things and I kept on coming back I'm like but you're saying this thing but y- what you're doing in practice doesn't line up to that so I don't I don't think I you know listen I'm a pretty respectful guy at this point I'm like 22 years old you better believe that I was very respectful and somewhat intimidated by this guy but I sort of wouldn't let it go a little bit because it was just it, I felt like I wasn't Plus you understanding didn't actually something. need the job. And I didn't need Which the job. Which is kind of a so good, kind of in like, a way, it's yeah. kind of a good feeling. And if you want to get into a fight with me about public radio, like, clear <laughs> your calendar. I'll gladly do that. So anyway, again, it wasn't a fight, but I just think I didn't give it my all. I probably had a maybe a little bit of a different attitude. So I didn't have to pay for the airplane ticket. Okay, and this is both terrible and a great story. It is. Um, first of all, he would have hated Boise. It's Why? beautiful. It's beautiful, but it's a very red state. Um, oh, they like it so much that they have like they have like a very small Democratic like party and that they like brag about like we're blue in a red state. Um, And it's just like ultra religious, but it is beautiful. So visit. Don't live there. And he I mean, he didn't really like living in New Hampshire either. Right. Concord was too small for him. He couldn't wait to mm-hmm. get away to a big city. I can't imagine. I mean, I don't know how big no, Boise is, but Boise I don't is think the it big qualifies. city in Idaho. Yeah, I don't think it qualifies as a big city, the kind that mm-hmm. Andrew would be looking for. And to get to a bigger city, you're still in Salt Lake. Sure. Which is also yep. a very beautiful city, but not to live. No, and it's not not like Andrew is like nature boy or mm-hmm. anything. Right. He would have seen those mountains one time. Yep. And he did. <laughs> you don't have to go back to Boise. Although they did on the their road trip to Austin, right? They stayed in Boise overnight at a uh, Yes, house. they did. Yeah. They did. Um, my family is from there. Uh, my mom currently lives there. So um, I'm not just hating on a place. I um, also you lived do, in... You a, know. Yeah, I lived in a terrible town in Idaho um, for the worst nine months of my life. So, Aww. yeah. I can't believe that they were going to not reimburse him. I that is jaw dropping. I mean, you can hear me struggling yeah. for words. I don't, he had to buy the ticket mm-hmm. out of his own pocket, and then they were going to pay him back. That seems to, a bad way to do that, right? And I mean, it wasn't like he was well established in his career yet. He probably mm-hmm. was just out of college, and it, you can't yeah. expect that. No, I, 
that seems so petty, doesn't it? If we offer yeah. you the job, but you don't take it, then you have to pay for the whole. I wonder if um, he, he said specifically the flight, but I wonder if they would have made him pay for the hotel, too. Oh, probably. They would have just written it off. And also to not tell him that until he gets there. That's yeah, really that's- shady. That's crazy. The whole scenario is just weird. Yeah. I think that when they said that you had to pay for the flight, that's when I would have been out. Yep. I'm cheap. But also that just says something about like the budget restraints around this. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just so much that 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 little thing can tell you. Yep. If you don't want me enough to spend the money to meet me, then this is not going to be a great fit. Right. But I, I just love this so much that he decided to not wear his um, dress shoes that hurt and just go I with know. boots. His rebellion. <laughs> I'm going to wear my boots. <laughs> and, you know, I bet, I mean, I'm sure that even in Minnesota, if someone came in in boots, that's not a bad thing. That's normal. No, no. I mean, there's five months of the year where nobody would bat an eyelash mm-hmm. <laughs> wearing your boots to yeah. a job interview. But I think that him heckling the guy, not heckling, but just like challenging him was uh-huh. probably good, but also hurt the manager's ego. Yeah. I was thinking about this today. I don't know if I could purposely tank an interview. Like I get a weird fluttery feeling yes. in my stomach when I consider doing that. Also, I just have like a weird, probably a problem that I need to talk to therapists about of like wanting to please people mm-hmm. and approval. And so like, I couldn't even think about doing that. Right. I wouldn't want people to be like, well, I don't want her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want them thinking bad about me. Even if you exactly. never see them again. <laughs> I don't want somebody to interview me and think, well, she was lame, even if I was doing it on purpose. Right. Plus interviews any, well, at this point he had the motivation to do it because he's like, well, I'm not going to get paid. And I'm sure that new, was he living in New Hampshire at the time? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Not yet. So wherever he, he was, yet. Cleveland, New Hampshire, I can't keep track of him. Um, to Boise that's an expensive flight I'm sure because Mm -hmm. he probably had to change over maybe in Salt Lake to Boise there's probably not direct it's going to be expensive and then for them to say well you know if you get this and you say no like you have no choice but to but to tank it I don't know if I have the subterfuge within me though if it was like eight eight or nine hundred dollars Maybe in your dream job called you your dream job called you the day before and offered you the job. I don't know. I'm not criticizing Andrew at all because I think he probably made the right decision there. Mm -hmm. If they're going to try and bullshit him like this, then he's going to have to do what he's going to do. But I just question whether I would be able to do it because I'm so lame and so square Mm -hmm. that I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I would feel I would feel an- anxiety about it. Like I don't want to mm-hmm. do this, but also he did he did it well because he challenged and he knew like the things that he was talking about. But I don't know if I could just sit there and because everyone's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? If you just start going, well, why do you do that? That seems like not the best practice. <laughs> I don't have no sure no. Well, and who knows? 
who this general manager guy was and Mm -hmm. and how long he'd been in Boise and what his attitude towards national reporting really was. I don't know. It's got to be so expensive to have local reporting. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why somebody like Phyllis existed when she was with the Northwest News Network to provide that service of local reporting for stations that couldn't afford to have that kind of focused talent. Yeah, and technology is so much better now than even when he was doing that. I mean, he probably got out of college, what, in 2002, 2001? Mm, Yeah, probably. So, like, people didn't even really have cell phones. Like, oh, yeah, he he borrowed borrowed his dad. That's That's so cute. Um, I didn't, we had a family cell phone that, that we would borrow whoever was out driving. Like, so if I was the one that took the car, I would get the cell phone. And it mm-hmm. maybe had like 20 minutes on it and we weren't really allowed to use the minutes because it was super expensive. But it was just like, if you're dead on the side of the road or you can't get home or whatever, you have to call. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember when I was a sophomore in college and I had a medical emergency in the dorm, which we can talk about at another date because <laughs> that's a good story. But I have this memory of our resident director our rd dave pounding up to our room on the third floor with his cell phone in his hand like the big old clunky with the the receiver that like folded out on the bottom (laughs) and he was the only person i knew who had a cell phone at that time i love it (laughs) yeah so technology was very different then i mean you can do basically almost any job remotely now Mm-hmm. especially radio jobs like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, as they demonstrate every day on TBT. Exactly. <laughs> well, let's get into this last <laughs> clip. <laughs> you sent me the picture in Slack today, and I just <laughs> started laughing. <laughs> um, this is from uh, May 1st, 2014. Uh Luke tells a story of a couple of jobs that he almost got, but I think we can agree that it was probably good that he did not get either of these jobs. (laughs) You know, I once had, by the way, um, this was when I decided I wasn't really cut out for um, the commercial acting. I was, uh, my agent approached me about being the money tree caterpillar. I do remember this. And the part of getting the gig was I had to be able to fit in the Caterpillar suit that they had used that the other guy had shot the ads in because they weren't going to spring for a new Caterpillar suit. Oh, my God. (laughs) And that was – did you ever see those ads when you lived in Seattle, Andrew? Uh, It rings a bell. I think I was actually thinking of the money tree for a second. So maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing. It was it like was, it's like a payday loan. Place. Yeah, it was like where you go in cash checks, like payday checks. But payday they, loan but they, checks. I guess they're owned locally or something because they had these commercials that ran a lot. Where that a, was a while ago, though. A guy is a in a caterpillar outfit. And he's like, I'm the money tree caterpillar. <laughs> and yeah, know, he was like sitting on a branch. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like you know, obviously face painted up and in this dumb caterpillar outfit. But it was just something particularly soul crushing about my agent going, and you'll need to fit into the costume. <laughs> <laughs> I. If I remember correctly, too, I think The Stranger did a, a big kind of piece on local celebrity, like local commercials. Like, I think they had The Caterpillar from that, yeah. and they had well, that uh, was a guy Vern named Funk. That was a guy and, named Ian Bell, who's a beloved—I saw him play Bob Cratchit in the <laughs> Seattle Reps uh, 
uh, uh, or sorry, Act Theater's uh, Christmas Carol two years ago. Ian Bell used to be on Rewind. He was one of our actors on Rewind, Andrew, which will maybe mean really? a little something to you. And he was the caterpillar. But then I also <laughs> thought, I mean, not to diss Ian Bell, but it's like there's nothing worse than taking one of these gigs uh, except being fired from one of these gigs, which is Ooh. what also happened to me when I was going to be Car Toys' Van Wilder character. I got approached. Oh, my My God. agent got approached by Car Toys. Car Toys, better way to go. They wanted to hip up their image and have a new guy who was going to be like less yelly and more approachable. And I didn't want to do it, but it was seventy thousand dollars a year. Oh my so god! So I agreed to do it. I went to all these auditions, and it was so soul crushing. It was very like to, to make another movie reference. It was like Coco from Fame. I would have to go in there, and like they would say, "Say Car Toys, a better way to go." And I'd go like, "Car Toys, a better way to go." And they go, "Okay, now amp it up a little bit." And I'd be like, "Car Toys, a better way to go." And then the guy would say, oh, "That was pretty good. Can you try it more like Car Toys, a better way to go?" And then I would like do, I'd go like okay, Carto is a better way to go, and they'd go like okay good now just a little more energy. Didn't they not want they they, yes. they were done with the energy except <laughs> that they ended up with exactly that, and I was still going to do it, and I totally just like sold my whatever soul and scruples I had, and then they um uh, said uh, at the last minute we decided to go with a guy in North Carolina who we think can say Carto is a better way to go better than you. You know what? And the saddest thing was it was Stephen Wright. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, I had a blow punk Car- subwoofer. Cartoon. Uh, <laughs> K Billy super sounds of them. It always bothered me in those commercials how they say car toys. Uh-huh. They that the guy would always say car toys. <laughs> he would say it like that. Yeah. I, I always wondered because he says it multiple times in the commercial, and every time he would say car toys. <laughs> he would never say. <laughs> car toys and he would say it like three or four times and I always ima- imagined that someone was in the yeah. booth going remember Bob we told you we want it specifically car toys <laughs> like we like, you know what I mean like well the thing is a giant shit show because you have Dan Brettler who owns it <laughs> who's like been making his money for all these years down o- your off of these ads that are like car toys and then you have the like agency people that are trying to like hip it up and make it like less yelly and I could talk about the inner workings of car stereo commercials forever. <laughs> um, Christy, I was looking at the this picture of the money tree caterpillar, yeah. and I was trying to figure out which were the real hands. Oh. And which were the fake costume hands. <laughs> Is it the top two? Probably the top. Well, nah, it's hard to tell. Probably the middle, right? Oh, maybe it was the middle. Oh, my god! But gosh. then look at the way the bottom one is gesturing. It could have been that. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad he didn't get it, but I kind of wish we had a picture of him in this caterpillar outfit. <laughs> I am not good at photoshopping. I know. <laughs> and it would be funny because he, he hates it, but he does have a round face. Mm-hmm. And it would look mighty funny. Oh, my gosh. In that caterpillar. I mean, this is our show sheet for sure. Yep. So this is not Luke obviously is mm-hmm. the money tree caterpillar. It's whatever probably the other guy yeah, that he the was The guy who fit about. the suit. <laughs> <laughs> also just like kind of lie to me and say this is a new suit. I don't Ugh. want the caterpillar Ugh. suit that's been sweated in by some dude for who knows how long. Uh, so at the Minnesota State Fair they have a haunted mansion attraction this big gray house and it's you know your haunted house standard frights and scares and whatever and my brother matt maybe if he hears this he can send us an email confirming this account Mm -hmm. matt worked there for a couple of years and they have a bunch of featured players like 
Well, they had Jack Sparrow, and I'm sure they have like a Dracula. So the character players were, it would just be like they hired somebody to be Jack Sparrow. But then they had a bunch of sort of generic ghouls where they just wore a black robe and then they had a rubber mask and gloves. Mm. And Matt was like, well, you just showed up for work and you took whatever mask and gloves and they were not cleaned. So he went through now. It only lasts for 10 days. But if you work in the haunted mansion in these nasty, nasty rubber masks and gloves with like the drunk guys going through. And the height of the summer in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. I think... It was probably... He'll have to clarify. I think they had air conditioning in there, but I'm not sure. But just, just nasty. There's no way I could have gotten into a costume that had not been, like, thoroughly dry cleaned mm-hmm. first. Like, no, I'm going to bring my own. We're good. Yes! <laughs> Luke's going to be like, oh, do you have a pattern for that? <laughs> I could just have another one made up. I wonder how expensive that is. That could be... Like 500 bucks at the oh, most, yeah. right? Well, Why can't they have a new suit made? What I love slash hate is the half-assed job of the face paint. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> he didn't say how much this one was, right? He just said the car toys was 70000 Oh, that's true. Oh, yes. Yep. He said the car toys one was 70000 Um, For $70,000 for a one-time shot, just fucking do it how they want. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how much people make in a year. Yep. Car toys. <laughs> Even if you sound cheesy, who cares? You don't... St- like, the commercial isn't... And this is Luke Burbank. It, it, you don't yeah. even say your voice. Like, no one would know. I mean, people would, but, like, that one, he should have just done. If they wanted a quote-unquote Van Wilder character... <laughs> I mean, he's got to know what he's getting into there, right? Mm-hmm. He cannot be laid cool back guy. hipster Burbank mm-hmm. for that particular gig. Yeah, he was too hipster for his own good on yep. that one. I totally would have done it. I would have given them all I'll the energy say, they wanted. I'll say it a million times. I'll pose with the giant pencil. I don't care. $70,000 for like an hour of work? Yes, please. But I am glad that he didn't... I, I don't know if you guys... Do you guys have this money tree? No. Okay, so you know what they are. They're a payday loan. They're like... Sure. Okay. Yep. They're really gross. Predatory yeah. loan things that mm-hmm. the Office of Consumer... Uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau was trying to get a handle on mm-hmm. before, you know, the current administration decided to destroy that. I just... But anyway. I looked it up and... um. In Washington, I think states have tried to regulate how much interest it can be. Um, the um, what is the interest rate for a payday loan at Money Tree is three hundred and ninety one percent. What? Yes. Not thirty nine point one. No, three hundred and ninety one. In other states, it's over four hundred. Oh my God! It's like it, it. I think it says um, if you, if your paycheck is, if you need to borrow a hundred dollars, you pay back a hundred and fifteen within two weeks. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then for every hundred, that's how it is. 
And then you just get in this like cycle and loop and they should be shut down. They're gross. Yep, they should. Well, I'm very glad that Luke didn't get that gig then. (laughs) Me too. Do you guys have car toys? No. Oh. Sounds terrible. I was going to Google it, but for some reason I was like, I don't want that in my search history because (laughs) I don't want the ads to be popped up on all my social media searches and whatever. It's definitely. Porn is one thing. If they want to like advertise porn to me, fine. But car toys, no, that's gross. You don't need a better way to go, right? Um, Hmm. So it's definitely one of those earworms that anyone that, lives here that ever listened to radio will def can definitely sing it to you just like the cars for kids and um, mm-hmm. what are the other ones i don't know slab jacking empire <laughs> empire yep yep um so yeah it's i didn't know it wasn't national that's interesting it's just basically if you want to like i'm not even going to use the right word but juice out your car um <laughs> you can like get get like ground effects and i mean i definitely got multiple stereos and um 12 inch um whatever things in the back of my car before that's a story for another time but that's the place to go if you want car detailing if you need a car stereo if you need all that i mean i i feel like stereos and cars now just out of the factory are so good yeah yeah you don't see too many people who trick their cars out like that anymore so i wonder if that's still a thing I mean, I don't know because my aim for having a car is to get from point A to point B. I have like zero interest in imbuing any personality or like making the experience better. I just want it to get there and not break. Yeah. And all I do is listen to podcasts. So Mm -hmm. having having like subwoofers would be awful. Um, so, (laughs) So as long as it has a Bluetooth or an aux input, I'm okay. Mm hmm. All right, well, car toys won't be getting any money from either of us. Um, Anything else that we need to say about these um, lovely companies? I don't think so. I think this worked out the best for Luke. Now he's doing stuff for CBS Sunday Morning. He's got a public radio show. He's got a podcast of some quality <laughs> that is supported by the listeners. I, if he had become like the local voiceover guy, who knows where his career would have gone. Right. I don't know. They, John people Curley. need to do that too. Oof, ew. Now, I don't even listen to Seattle radio and I know that John Curley is not <laughs> who I want to listen to. Yeah. I mean, but that's kind of what his career path would have been probably like a local like weird voiceover. supplements mm-hmm. and hair products yep. and Oh, God, the hair product people would get him. He's susceptible to that stuff. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He'd be a sitting duck. (laughs) Well, let's move into a little bit of housekeeping before we're done. Um, Merchandise in the merchandise store. Did you, you said on our last Friday show that you were going to be putting some stuff on sale soon, right? Yes. So stickers are on sale for $3. Ooh. Um, I think the original was eight or nine dollars, so those are, mm-hmm. were slashing prices. And then, <laughs> then also, where do we get a voiceover yeah. artist? To the, do our... <laughs> the manager's out of town. We're going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, with every order, you get a set of stickers as well for free. Mm. Um, I want to make new merch, but 
no one has given us any art or ideas. <laughs> oh, we actually have to buckle down and think about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, maybe when we have our LRB company meeting. Right. In July. <laughs> our mandatory retreat mm-hmm. with Trust Falls. Yes. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I don't trust Bobby or Mike to catch us. <laughs> I get to catch Meredith because she'll probably do a yoga pose and right. save and herself if I drop exactly. her. Exactly. <laughs> um, the archive project continues as always. If you would like to, I guess, take on Andrew's dream job, mm-hmm. be an Andrew. Yeah. Um, you can contact Christy and tell her that you want a week, and she'll get you all set up. And as always, if you buy things through Amazon, and everybody does, I just watched what's Hassan Minaj's Netflix show, Patriot Act, that's what it's called. He did a show on uh, basically how Amazon is terrible, but it's so convenient that we all use it anyway. And I have to say I agreed with him, but if you're going to use Amazon, then why don't you just do it through our link? littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. And then, even though they're devouring the world, just a few pennies will come to us. A little bit of good. Well, yes. We'll come (laughs) through the cannibalization of all retail systems in the world by Amazon. That'd be great. Yeah. And you, too, can get involved. Um, go to our website where you can buy stuff at littleredbandwagon.com or download the shows or see pictures or our show pictures. Um, you can um, give us some feedback at throwyourphone.com. This isn't just throw. Be positive. Hug your phone as some people write in um, right. if you like things. Um, you can find us on Facebook a little. Um, our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Or call us at 802-432-8285. Here is something. We just got an email rate when I started recording that if we do not use this number by Friday, they are repoing the number from us. So what? please call us and text us because we but haven't Christy, gotten a call in so long. that we Christy, we're recording this episode ahead of time. It doesn't go out until <laughs> no. next Friday. So maybe don't call us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll do some test calls tonight just to like, please don't repo because Google numbers are like so in demand uh-huh. that they want to take it away if, since we haven't used it in so long. I mean, it's probably been over a year. Probably. If not longer. So we need to do some action on that. Come on, guys. Just um, call and tell us um, why Grease 2 is better movie than Grease mm-hmm. 1. Because it is. Yeah. Or tell us your uh, best job interview stories. Ooh, that's a good one. I know. Maybe we should pre-plan this and know what the next clip show is in advance. And then just ask for those. Wasn't, That's an idea. Isn't there that, that dumb, like, Mr. Show clip that they do? Yeah, if you're calling coffee. in oh. for the pet <laughs> advice, that done. was last week. Now you have to call in for next week's topic. <laughs> yes. Please call in on next week's topic. We don't, we haven't picked it yet. <laughs> but if we get enough of the same stories, maybe that will drive the next clip show. Wow. Yeah. All right. (laughs) You heard the lady. Get to it. 
All right. Thank you so much for having me on again, Anne. Thank you so much for joining me for these shows. (laughs) Um, Oh, oh, also just a side note. um, I think we need to do another candy episode because there's a new Reese's peanut butter cup out. Have you had this? There's two. One's called chocolate lovers, which I can't get into. um, So I haven't even tried it. Um, And then one is called peanut butter lovers. So the bottom is a very thin layer of chocolate, the regular uh-huh. peanut butter, and then peanut butter on top. Oh. It's really good in the okay. freezer. Hmm. We'll have to try it at our meeting. I may have to go to Target tomorrow, <laughs> writing this down. Yeah. <laughs> and you should try the chocolate lovers, too, just to see the difference. That's true. I should. For science. Mm-hmm. I will make the sacrifice for you. (laughs) I love it. Um, All right. I guess until next month, this is the next party. (laughs) We love you so much, Jen. Nail it, Christy. Do it. Nailed it. Um, Can you just do it with a little more energy? (laughs) A little more? Okay. I got to take a shot of vodka and I'll be right back. (laughs) Okay. One shot of vodka, I'd be like, nail it. <laughs> Rock lyrics. Do they influence our kids? Our topic in two weeks, but... Tonight, the elderly. Good evening and welcome to the pre-taped call-in show where we tape all our shows a week in advance. I'm your host, Ken Doral, and uh, let's try it again. It's really not that hard, okay? Our topic, once again, is the elderly. Okay. We're, we're taping it now and it airs next week, okay? so. If you're watching me talk about the elderly, don't call to talk about it. It's too late. Instead, call about cooking, which is next week's topic. Okay? If you wanted to talk about the elderly, you should have called last week when our pet care show was airing, but we were taping the elderly show. Okay, so... Here we go. Hello.